0: Today we will be in Proverbs chapter 4 and we will be covering verses 1 through 9 and the title of today's message is Growing in Wisdom and wisdom has been just a repetitive theme through all the Proverbs and I think it's important for us to really get that, attain that wisdom that the Lord wants to give to us. So this morning we will be continuing in Proverbs by looking at the first nine verses of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 is one unified discourse that has internal unity, unlike some of the later Proverbs that we might cover in the future. But we are going to split it up into three parts and look at how it progressed over the next several weeks. I believe that this is the last chapter we will be preaching on Proverbs before we switch to the new building, as uh, Brother Alan had mentioned, and we're going to start a new series in probably one of the minor prophets in the old testament so we probably will come back to proverbs or psalms next summer but i hope you guys have been blessed and you guys are growing yes. in your understanding of it yeah. 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 each section will be headed by an address and address to the sons in verse 1 verse 10 and in verse 20 so we'll probably have three more sermons on chapter 4 the main theme of chapter 4 verse 1 through 9 is the path of growing in wisdom since most of Proverbs, it's dedicated to encourage us to seek wisdom. Solomon desires to set before his sons how to grow in wisdom. In other words, Proverbs keeps telling us to get wisdom. But how do we get wisdom? It's how I get wisdom. How do we get it? Is there a process to get wisdom? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 through 9 tells us what the path to growing in wisdom is. So if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to read nine verses. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline, and pay attention so that you may gain understanding, for I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, your heart must hold on to my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get understanding, don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom and she will watch over you. Love her and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of favor on your head. She will give you a crown of beauty. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for wisdom this morning. Help us, Lord, to gain wisdom, to be able to pursue wisdom, to treasure wisdom, Lord which ultimately is Jesus Christ, Lord, as we will listen and hear this today's sermon, Lord. May you all just bless today's message, and we, we edify it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So since this section of Proverbs encourages to grow in wisdom, before we start looking at the passage, I want to spend a moment considering what wisdom is and what growing in it means. When we talk about wisdom throughout Scripture, and especially in Proverbs We must remember that the ultimate embodiment of wisdom is Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 1 and 3 if you want to go there says as you go there I will read it for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those that are Laodicea and for all who have been seen who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, Amen. in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24 says, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to Gentiles, but those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So to know what wisdom is, then we look to Christ. That's how we know what wisdom is. Wisdom is found in the life of Christ. Wisdom is found in the teachings of Christ, which are in Scripture. Wisdom is found in the teachings about Christ. Wisdom is found in following after Christ. Amen? Yes. So growing in true wisdom can only happen by growing in Christ. That's what we should all be pursuing as disciples, as sons and daughters of Him, to pursue growing in Christ. 2 Peter is 2 Peter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That should be our aim and our desire. That we would grow. And that we would. And well, how do we what do we grow in? In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. I know I got a lot of scripture this morning, so we gotta be quick with our fingers in the Bible. Ephesians 4 15 says, Instead, speaking the truth of in love, we will we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is in Christ. That is Christ. So when we speak about growing in wisdom here in Proverbs chapter four, we are talking about something very similar to what is discussed in 2 Peter chapter one. And 2 Peter chapter one, verse five and seven, seven verses five through seven, says four in this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue, with knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, with self-control, steadfastness, and with steadfastness with godliness and with godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love that's our goal is to grow in the wisdom of christ peter's path focuses on the qualities that we will exhibit as we grow in christ we do we all want these qualities that we're just mentioned we all want them. we should all desire them as christians to live that way proverbs path focuses on things that we do To grow in these qualities this is how we get these qualities pursuing wisdom but there are defining the same path growing in true wisdom is growing in christ again growing in true wisdom the wiser you get the more you're growing in christ so i want to kind of break the outline here verses one through four Growing in wisdom requires both humility and effort, but we, will, but we will be richly rewarded. So in verses 1 through 4, the path of growing in wisdom begins with listening to instruction. Listening to instruction. Verses 5 through 7 continues by personally seeking wisdom. Personally seeking wisdom. And then verses 8 and 9 culminates by loving and prizing wisdom. Loving and prizing wisdom. So let's start off with verses 1 through 4. Let's reread 1 through 4. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline, and pay attention so that you may gain understanding. For I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commandments and live. So who is supposed to listen? Who is supposed to listen here? Verse 1 says, Hear, O sons. The listen recipients are the children, and particularly the sons of Solomon. This wisdom is intended for children to t- train them up in the way that they should go. Who here has children? Who has had children? Who here is a son or a daughter? Everybody, right? Yes. This wisdom is intended for children to train them up in the way they should go. What children is disdirected though, though, to? Uh, to? Actual children, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3. If we want to go there, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on earth who wants to enjoy long life on earth we all do right so obey your parents if you're a son or a daughter honor them your father and your mother which is a commandment the Ten Commandments that God gave to us so children here this morning if you're a child if you're a little one or if you're doesn't matter what age you are you're we all are have parents and it says this message is for you. You are the ones who are supposed to listen and learn from this message. If you're a child, listen to your parents. If you're uh, the second point is spiritual children with regard to the spread of the gospel. First Corinthians chapter four, verse fourteen through sixteen says, "I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you love, you love, you have countless guides in Christ." You do not have many fathers, for I became a father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. We all are being discipled by somebody, whether it's your pastor, a deacon, or just a brother who's been in Christ for longer. They're training you and they're, they become like your spiritual children. Although, you know, it says there that you're too... If you're following someone, maybe a pastor, you know, that you look up to, you imitate them, you want to be... you want to seek. To live the way they are honoring god and living in wisdom and that's what it's saying right here second timothy one two says to timothy my true child in the faith grace mercy and peace from god the father in christ jesus our lord you gotta sometimes take someone under your wing and disciple them and and help them train them up in the ways of the lord in the scriptures right here ultimately not what you have to say not your opinion but what the bible says that's what being a we're, we're called to be disciple makers aren't we so with regard to maturity in Christ, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. There's a little exhortation to us all. It says, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dual of hearing, dual of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. We're to grow in Christ, you guys. We can't become children and be children for a long, long time. Eventually you got to grow, right? And this is an exhortation. How long have you been a Christian? Are you growing? Are you teaching others now? Are you still being taught yourself? let's just let's get with uh growing you guys It's a little exhortation children of god in christ we have been given the right to be children of god for, uh, let's go to john chapter 1 verse 12 through 13 and it says but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god who were born of god not of blood or of the will of flesh nor of the will of many but of god when you're born of god when you're born again That's when you become a child of God. Not everybody's a child of God, you guys. If you're listening, you might say, Well, I'm a child of God. Well, have you been born again? Have you been changed? Your heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Has God regenerated you? If you haven't been, you're not really a child of God. But if God has done a supernatural work of regenerating your life, then you become an adopted child of God. So that's one thing we should all ask ourselves am I a child of God have I been regenerated has God done a supernatural work in my life where right now I hate the things that God hates and I love the things that God loves just a little check and examination so we should act as children toward God if you are a born again Christian and you are a son and daughter you should act as a child of God Ephesians chapter 5 says be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children God loves you no matter what And you are his son if you've been changed. But now you've got to imitate and want to be like your father. Holy, seek what he seeks. Love what he loves. So finally, if you are a child of God this morning, this message is for you. Proverbs is wisdom from your heavenly father to mature you and grow you in Christ. All of us who are in Christ ought to listen to this message as a child. So in conclusion, everyone ought to listen to this like a child with humility of a child. Do we have humility? Do we possess that trait, humility? Are we humble? Do we take things that God is telling us? Matthew, listen to Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 4. at that time the disciples came to jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven now, look at that they're trying to say, we and we actually cover this in the gospel of mark and calling to him a child he put in him in the midst and said truly i say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven whoever humbles himself there's a word humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven remember god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble So let's be humble people. And as Calvinists, as reformed people, we should be the most humble people on this planet, you guys. Because you have earned nothing. It's all been given to you by grace. Amen? Amen. If we are called to listen to this message like a child, the first thing we must do is to truly humble ourselves and accept that we need this message and we need to be taught like a child. If we don't take on this mantle of humility, this passage will do nothing for us. If you come here on Sundays and you're like, eh, I know that, I already heard that, but you do not have an additive humility, you're not going to be changed. You're going to be the same. So with the imitation of a child, it's gonna be, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 and 16. I'll read Ephesians 5, 1. Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly beloved children, as I read that before. But if you're in First Peter chapter 1, verse 14 through 16, it says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So holiness is not an option. It's not, oh, if you want to be holy. God is calling us as his sons and daughters to be holy. To be different than those in the world and the culture around us. Or to be set apart different. Amen? Amen? Do the people, your family, your friends, your co-workers, people around you, do they see something different in your life? Or are you just like everyone else around? You should be asking yourself that question. Am I different? Has God done a work in my life? If we are called to listen to this message like a child, then we must be ready to imitate our teacher, which is our Father, our Heavenly Father. We can't be like the person in James who hears and forgets. We must hear and imitate. Amen? Amen. Hear and imitate. Don't hear and forget. With, with the obedience of a child Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 I've already I think we read that before children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth Colossians 3 1 children obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord when you obey your parents it pleases the Lord in everything not in some things they say clean your room Go clean your room. They say, throw out the trash. Don't throw the trash away. Be obedient to your mom and to your dad. Amen? Amen. amen. The kids are saying amen. That's good. <laughs> First John 5, 1 John 5.1 says, By this we know that we, love the, that we love the children of God, when we love God and, His, and obey His commandments. Again, many of us can say, I love God. I love God. Yes, I love God. But are you obeying His commandments? Are you obeying what God has called you to do? Are you being an obedient son and daughter? And obviously, if you're disobedient, God's gonna discipline you. If you are truly His son and daughter, Amen. Yeah. And He's gonna get, He's gonna get the, you know, you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna, ow! But it's gonna be good for your own good, Amen. Yeah. If we are called to listen to this message like a child, then we must be ready to obey in everything. We should be our uh, we shouldn't be argumentative or half-hearted in our obedience. But we should set our wills aside like a child to obey these verses. So, who are they supposed to listen to? to hear a father's instruction let's read verses three and four when when i was a son with my father tender the only one the only one in the sign of my mother he taught me and said to me the listen teacher is the father that's who's being here speaking the father wisdom that is intended from the children is passed down from the father to each to new generation so there's two fathers that we must listen to you guys two fathers in this text right here so who is that our earthly fathers, literally our fathers who are on this earth. Ephesians chapter 6, we read that before. Colossians chapter 3, one, 21 to 22 says, Children, obey your parents in everything. Again, in everything, obey your parent, which is your father. As long as we are children living with our parents, we are expected to listen to and obey our earthly parents. Are we being obedient to our earthly parents or not? This is the first realm of learning and of obedience. The child who does this will grow greatly in other areas of learning and obedience. We live in a culture where so many kids are very disobedient, right? They don't obey their parents. They disregard what they say and they go out and do whatever they want to do, which is sad. So, children, listen to your parents' teaching. Obey their teaching. Treasure their teaching. That is God's will for you, for your life. And in doing this, you will grow greatly in godliness. Children, obey your parents because they love you, because they care about you, because they want the best for you. Amen? Amen. What's the second father? Our heavenly father. Our father who's in heaven. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. The Lord's Prayer. And it says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father who is in heaven is who we pray to, who we go to. We have 24-7, 365 access to Him. We can always go to Him in whatever situation we find ourselves in. We should always go to God in prayer. Matthew 23, verse 9. Let's go to Matthew 23, verse 9. This is going to hit hard to the Catholics, but it's okay. It's all right. If you're a Catholic listening look at the read this scripture right here okay. 23 Matthew 23 verse 9 and call no man your father on earth for you have one father who is in heaven our father who is in heaven you guys that's who we are to go to we have sins that we got to get right with God for we go to our heavenly father we act, we go in repentance and we ask him to forgive us our transgressions amen the reason that children obeying their parents is important is because it points to something much greater. Children of God obeying their Heavenly Father. Think about this. If your child is, is not is not respectful to their parents, how is he going to be respectful to God and honor God and love God if he's being disobedient to his parents? Does it make sense, right? So three ways we respond to this truth. One as you need to obey your parents' children. Obey your parents, simple as that. There are two major reasons for this. First, this is God's will for your learning. As you listen to, learn and from, and obey your parents, you will learn things about God and learn how to obey God. Children, you grow in God by listening to and obeying your parents. But second, perhaps more importantly, this is a picture of how all of us ought to obey God our Father. So strive to obey your parents well in everything to be an example to all of us who how we ought to obey God god this means children you must put on the aspects of children you should be humble before your parents know that god has taught them and given them much more wisdom than you that they desire to pass on to you sometimes as your parents they tell you to do something and you're like no i know better i think i know better but your parents probably know better they live longer they probably had gone through something similar than that so pay attention to what they tell you to do they desire to pass on wisdom to you. Do not believe yourself to be more wise than your parents. Do not puff up yourself with pride without reason. You should seek to imitate your parents as long as they're imitating Christ. Amen? Amen. As your parents, you teach as your parents they teach you things about Christ and the world. Learn not from their words, but examine their lives. Seek to imitate the good things you see them do. You should seek to obey your parents in everything. This means obeying without arguing or disagreeing. This means obeying cheerfully right away because you want to honor your earthly parents and obey God. So children of God, you need to obey your Heavenly Father just as you desire your children to obey you. Because, you know, as parents, you sometimes want to just tell your children, do this, do that, do this, do that. But are you obeying God? Are you obeying His commandments? Are you following God in your life? In the same way, we expect our children to listen and respond to us, but we must listen and respond to our Heavenly Father. This entails listening to God, which is done through reading His Word, studying meditation and praying, asking God to reveal His Word to us. This entails obeying God. When God opens His Word to your mind, you may go right away without hesitation or argument. But God is speaking to us, whether when we're in Bible study on our own, or when we're here at church service, or whenever you're you're going through God's Scripture. Are you being obedient to it? Are you following it, or are you just disregarding it? Ah, it doesn't apply. I don't want to do it. it. Doesn't feel like I want to do it. You know? Are we being obedient to God's calling in our lives to follow His Word? Fathers, you must instruct your children in the things of God. This is the flip side of the coin. If we tell if we tell children they must learn from their fathers then fathers you must be teaching your children are we teaching are we having bible devotionals with our kids and your families an exhortation if you're not to get to it and do it ephesians and colossians commands this explicitly right after they call children to obey their parents so fathers is your responsibility to keep teaching your children the things of christ in your homes if you're not doing it do it i see this to fathers because this passage mentions the fathers and other passages we've looked at are directed to fathers I don't mean to neglect mothers here mothers are very important teaching their children as well but the responsibility comes down to the father the man of the house the head of the household it is a father's responsibility to train up his children if the children are not trained up right the fault rests on him it's a big responsibility but you must carry it forward as a father as the head of the household so as we consider the wisdom of the father passed on to his sons fathers here should be reminded they must be teaching their children diligently according to the principles in this passage and in scripture. How are they supposed to listen? There are five commandments given in the first four verses of how we're to listen to your father. Verse 1. Here. Who has ears? We have two ears, right? Listen twice before you speak, right? Here. Verse 1. Hear, O sons, the father's instructions. What does it say also? Be attentive and be attentive that you may gain insight do not forsake verse 2 do not forsake my teachings hold let your heart hold fast my words keep verse 4 keep my commandments and live so these commandments grow in intensity through the four verses we are called first to hear that is to let the words reach our ears and understand what they say this is the first step to learning hearing you guys listening we are called not just only to hear, but to be attentive, to be attentive. This is more than merely hearing. We stop and think about what our Father is saying to us. We try to understand what and why they are saying, what they are saying. Then we are called not to forsake their teaching for the word. Forsake means to turn your back on or reject or totally forget. So beyond the understanding of our Father's instruction, we need not to reject or to turn back on what they teach us. That means we don't disagree. We understand and we and we work to agree with what our fathers teach us. Next, we are called to hold fast to their teaching, which is similar to not forsaking. It is the other side of the coin. Not only do we ought to reject or turn our back to our father's teaching, we are careful to remember all the, the time that we can apply it to our lives. And finally, we are told to keep their teaching. This is a common word, to obey what our fathers teach us. When our father tells you to do something, as soon as you understand, you do it, right? So this path is a path a child should take with their parents. This is a great roadmap for obedience. A child does these five things will be an example to how to obey. You hear your parents' instruction, one. You hear your parents' instruction. Oh, you pay attention and work to understand their instruction. You do not disagree with their instruction. Instead, you are careful to remember and apply the instruction all the time. And then finally, you obey your parents' instruction. This is the path the child of God should take with their Heavenly Father. Again, do you guys see the correlation between Father, Son, and Father and God, Father in Heaven? But not only can we make this parallel, we see the same commands given to the believer across the New Testament. Let's go to John chapter five. John chapter five. Brother, can you bring some water, please? John chapter five, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Thank you, brother. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Again, hearing, you gotta hear in order to live John chapter 8 verse 47 let's go to John chapter 8 verse 47 whoever is of God hears the words of God hmm. the reason why do you not hear them is that you are not of God wow pretty striking right so maybe you're listening and you just are disobedient you do not hear you do not care whatever blah mumbo jumbo it doesn't mean nothing to me you're probably not of God but if you're hearing this and you're like man I really want to obey this I really God give me grace to live this to do this then you're probably transforming God is working in your life and you are of God here part two second one pay attention let's go to Hebrews chapter two verse one These are exhortations that we must not take lightly, but examining ourselves. Therefore, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen people in churches who come, and they're here for a bit, and then they're gone, and they never go to church ever again. They're out living in the world. They were probably, they drifted away. They did not pay attention. they drifted away second Peter 1 19 and we have something much more a prophetic word to which we will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place which is this world is a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts so we ought to pay attention and not drift away The next one is, do not forsake. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 48. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. If you reject Christ, he's the one who will judge you in the last day. 2 Peter 2.21, for it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness and after knowing it to turn their back from the holy commandments delivered to them. It's not good to play games in the church and be in and be out and not really take it serious. You gotta not forsake. You gotta pay attention. You gotta hear. And the last thing, you gotta hold fast. Let's go to First Corinthians 15 1 and two. Now I would remind you, brothers, that of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises is faithful. Amen? Again, keep. What does that mean to keep? To keep. Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 15, 21, and 24. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, you guys. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. He is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And it says, Judas, not Iscariot, sold him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered for him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but my Father's. Who sent me, amen. amen. John 1st John chapter 2, verse 3 and 6. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. Huh, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps my word, his word, and truly him truly loves the in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. And here's an evidence right here. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same walk way as in which he walked. You want to pursue holiness. This is what we're talking about right here. Trying to be like Christ. Seeking it. By his grace, obviously, not our own effort, our own works. So as believers, we are explicitly to take the path toward our Heavenly Father. We ought to hear his word by reading his word, which is the Bible. That is the Bible. We ought to pay attention by studying His Word, meditating on, listening to it, reading good teachings on it. Amen. Yeah. We ought to not forsake His Word by being careful not to resist what it says. When you are convicted by the Word, do not struggle against that. Open yourself to being convicted. It's okay if you're convicted this morning. If we're convicted, it's a good thing. Yeah. We ought to hold fast to His Word and, it's, and especially the Gospel, being careful to remember it at all times and be ready to apply it in all areas of our life the gospels for all areas of our life amen Amen. we ought to keep his word applying it to our lives and obey what it says all right the path of growing in wisdom continues by personally seeking out wisdom let's read the next uh few verses verses six through seven six and seven Oh, five let's start with verse five get wisdom get understanding do not forget or turn away from the words from my mouth don't abandon wisdom she will watch over you love her and she will guard you wisdom is supreme so get wisdom and whatever else you get get understanding get wisdom get inside verse five verse seven the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom and whatever you get get inside in the middle of this section in proverbs there is one word that is repeated four times this word is get. Get get wisdom. Get insight. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. You see it? Repeat it. This word means to acquire, even to buy something. In other words, it means to expend effort or goods in order to get something. You guys ever wanted something really bad? Like, I'm going to spend it. I'm going to save up so I can get that you really want it this is what we should really want wisdom we should really want insight so in the middle of the path of growing in wisdom is an intentional effort to get wisdom so we don't merely need to listen to our fathers although that is an excellent and necessary first step nor do we nearly need to desire it ourselves we need to seek it out we do everything we can in order to get wisdom in order to grow in christ we seek reflections of this intentional action in the new testament as well let's go to james chapter 1 verse 5 and it speaks about wisdom. We've actually preached through James here at our church. If you guys are on YouTube, we can go back and listen to the sermons on, on James that we had preached here previously. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So there's if you don't have it, it's because you're not asking for it. Because you can get it. Because God will give it to you generously. I mean, we have his scripture right here. There's wisdom right here. We have access to read it anytime, at any moment in our day. Sometimes we don't read it nearly enough. We got to spend more time in God's Word. Amen? amen? Maybe this doesn't sound like the same to you as seeking out wisdom, but notice that James tells his listeners that if they lack wisdom, they should go to God and seek it out. Let him ask God. If anyone lacks wisdom, they shouldn't be passive about it. Instead, they should do something intentional to seek it out. Consider James, though, also helps us understand what intentionally seeking wisdom looks like. From James, I would argue that intentionally seeking out wisdom mostly involves prayer. How's our prayer like, you guys? Okay? Good? On fire? Hopefully we can spend more time in prayer, right? Our intentional act is to intentionally go back to our Father and seek His wisdom. The same point is made in in the beginning of Proverbs 2, which we've already preached on. It says my son if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you making your your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding yes if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding if you seek it like silver and search for it for, as for hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the lord and you and you will find the knowledge of god for the lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding Notice how Solomon, again, encourages some to seek out wisdom. But seeking out wisdom involves calling out for it because it is God who grants wisdom. Who's the one who gives wisdom? God. So we're to call, pray, ask God. God, give me wisdom in this situation, whatever it is in life that you're going through. Amen? So we should extend our pathway to growing in wisdom. It starts with listening to instruction, hearing what our Father teaches us, paying attention to what our Father teaches, not forsaking what our Father teaches Holding fast to what our Father teaches and obeying what our Father teaches, it continues with personal seeking. We personally desire wisdom, and we intentionally seek wisdom. And then the last point here, you guys, let's go to verse 8. We're gonna read the last passage here, verse 8 and 9. Cherish her and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of favor on your head, and she will crown and she will and a crown of beauty. Amen? The most exalted language in these verses comes in the end of this section. There there has been a a steady build of intensity as we progress from verses 1 to verse 9. The verbs that are used in respect to wisdom get more and more intense. Verse 1 starts with here. And verse 8, we have prize and embrace. So we have two new verbs to add in how we grow in wisdom. We prize wisdom and we embrace wisdom. We prize wisdom and we embrace wisdom. What does it mean to prize wisdom? It means to esteem it highly. You esteem it highly. It is regarding it like we would regard a treasure. If you had a treasure, what would you do with that treasure? Hold it, right? Hold it on, treasure it. So wisdom is neither a burden to us nor are we intended indifferent to it. We treasure wisdom. It becomes our great joy, and our greatest loss would be to and our great. Greatest loss would be to lose it, which is to embrace wisdom is derived from that from that and it means to cling to it. Again, we see reflections in the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Verses 44 and 46. If you're there, say amen. amen. Says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who in finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it so it was something precious to him right that's why he went and sold everything to get that one treasure when we find wisdom when we find christ our spirit ought to rejoice in that to treasure it and to cling to it christ the embodiment of wisdom becomes our greatest joy and treasure amen no longer do we need to to uh we need encouragement to go out and seek him our whole desire is to have him and when we have him our entire joy is in rising him amen, amen. all right let's pray that we would seek christ and all the things in our lives Heavenly Father, we ask for wisdom this morning, Lord. Give us wisdom. Help us to prize Christ as our greatest treasure, that we would be obedient to our Heavenly Father, that we would be obedient to our earthly father, that we would be obedient to your word, Lord, that we would seek holiness, that we would seek to live according to your scripture, Lord, our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord. Give us much grace because we can't do this on our own, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray that we would have these things. Amen. Amen.